Good evening, ladies and gents. It is Friday night, nine o'clock, as always, and myself, Kevin Wells, and this guy, J Mac. J Mac. As always, tonight we're bringing you a special episode. As you've all seen throughout the week, we've kind of been on the promotion wagon, making sure you guys know about it. From from the trailer, I was really excited to to check this movie out. It had such a, as Doug Curtis would say, an enchanting feeling. You know that when something's <laughs> shot just so well that it kind of invites you in, even just the visuals of it. Uh, and I got mm-hmm. that from the trailer. Today we talk about Lapwing, the movie that was released today. J-Mac, you and I watched it today. I mean, we your did. overall, what was your overall just summary? Uh, it wasn't summary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a, I mean, in all honesty, it's a, it's a pretty kind of bleak story, um, mm-hmm. but it draws you in. And like you just said, it is absolutely gorgeous to look at, considering mm-hmm. this is a, essentially a small independent film mm-hmm. um a lot of time and effort has gone into the way it looks and sounds i mean we we know that getting the sound right on on these things is can be an absolute nightmare especially when you're open to the elements so no yeah. they did a, a great job it was what i loved about it as well is a very small cast like there's not many people in this movie but mm-hmm. yet you're you're there and you're you're kind of on the edge you're, you're waiting to see what happens you're invested um i'm really yeah, it's... It's kind of like um, that Bone Tomahawk movie, you know, where you, mm-hmm. you feel like yeah. you're actually on the journey with people. Um, mm-hmm. You almost feel like you get to know them throughout the film, as it says, like that. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not like Bone Tomahawk in many other ways, <laughs> uh, yeah. But it is it is in that way. <laughs> I, I, I could have uh, the character Patience. I found myself really warm warming up to Patience. Yeah, uh, very just quickly. and by the way, and she she was a mute, right? But one of the 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 really the really inviting parts of that is i kind of felt like i wanted to get in in there and protect her right until until the end then you're like well she don't need she don't need but what i think is amazing though is how that that actress hannah douglas was able to she was able to convey how she was feeling without saying a word yeah that's you know? the, only the only the best actors can do that mm-hmm. so i'm looking forward to talking about it. so what we're going to do we're not going to matter on too much i'm going to play the trailer for all you're watching at home make sure you go and check it out on amazon prime it's on sky movies you can get it on apple tv everywhere just go search lapwing uh, it's in selected cinemas also so here is the trailer and then we're going to go on and get laura down in yonder green field The boat will be coming in at the beginning of the month. Camp down on the beach. These marshes are ours. Eliza Knight's laying under his shield with the down. You stay away from us. Do you hear? His arms they lie down at his feet. I am pleased to meet you. So well they can the master keep. You're a bad girl, Bashes. And then again, you already know that, don't you? <laughs> It's alright. You shouldn't have done that. I should have stopped him. She's coming with us! There's something about you, Patience. He can't control you. Don't do anything, silly Patience. Go! Back to your people! And it makes him sick. Drives him mad. Maybe it would drive any man mad. 
Outstanding, ladies and gentlemen, Laura Turner. Welcome to the show, Laura. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me. That's absolutely our pleasure. Um, we saw this trailer back when we, we'd kind of seen it on like a, a release. We, we keep up with everything that's coming out. We actually mentioned it in a show where we were looking at up-and-coming <clears> releases, and we seen this trailer and straight away was like, wow. Um, you can sometimes tell with an independent movie that it's, that it's independent, if you know what I mean there's a feel yeah. to it where you're like of course it's independent but the the content carries it forward with this you you wouldn't really know just based on mm. how cinematic it is and how like i said earlier there's an enchantment it was actually tibor takas the the direct the hollywood director who he created a movie called the gate we had on and i said to him before mm. i was like there's there's a certain element in movies that that you don't get now and it's that feel stranger things has it where you watch mm. something and you almost feel like you want to live there and kind mm. of feels like that with this, obviously. I mean, you don't want to live there. But... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> pros and cons. But... <laughs> well, depending on who you are. I think it's, yeah. it's more like just pros and David. Yeah, <laughs> pros, I mean, David's the, the, the main one, really, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And by the way, I mean, that's one thing I'd, I'd called J-Mac today and kind of said, like, mm. the casting in this was phenomenal. Like, mm. just... I mean, Hannah and Emmett, like yeah. together. Emmett is such a, such, I always say, and I've said this throughout our, our whole three years of being on a, a podcast, that in order to care about the protagonist, you need to have a really good bad guy. And oh, completely. You, you yeah. absolutely created that. And I think did, for you, did Emmett bring that to life from when you what you had written the script to that? Very much so, yeah. And I, I would re I really agree with what you just said about, you know, I think the strength of a protagonist really does come from the strength of the antagonist that they're up mm -hmm. against because, you know, the stronger you make the arguments that are in the mouths of your antagonist, the mm -hmm. harder the protagonist has to fight in order to, you know, work against those effectively and to mm -hmm. combat them in the end, you know, and that's that's also the the challenge for for patience as well, you know, the fact that she she is a non-verbal woman so mm -hmm. you know she has a stammer she has a speech impediment and because of that she's selectively mute so mm -hmm. there's a lot um there was always going to be a lot um of questions I think raised in their relationship around the power dynamic and the way that power is constructed and passed between the two of them and actually mm -hmm. you know I think something that's really interesting about Patience as a character and very much is something that Hannah Douglas who plays Patience really brought to life incredibly was the fact that her power actually resides often in the fact that she doesn't speak, that she doesn't mm -hmm. feel the need to fill the silence in the way that we sometimes do. And it's actually her silence that often drives David crazy because it's kind yeah. of not what he expects. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of Emmett, absolutely. I mean, you know, we always knew that David was going to be a really tough role to fill, to find the person who could bring that role to life um, in a way that felt convincing and didn't feel like somebody going kind of completely down a very, very villainous route. You know, it was always 
it's always been important to me, I think, in my writing and in the pieces of work that I've admired and enjoyed, that every character feels psychologically viable in some way. And, mm -hmm. you know, they might be deeply troubling and deeply kind of difficult characters to understand and to, you know, we might not be able to relate to them in our sort of everyday, day-to-day -day lives. But I think there has to be something there where we can kind of get a little bit under their skin and understand their psychology in some way. And, you know, I think that's absolutely what Emmett brought to David. He brought a whole new level of complexity to the role that, you know, is kind of more than I'd ever really imagined or dreamed mm. that, you know, we'd be able to achieve with um with with the casting and then, you know, with such a such a short um shoot as well. You know, it was it was a 16 day shoot. So yeah. it was it was an incredible and, and Emmett wasn't on set for every one of those days. You know, he was he was actually busy filming another project at the same time. So he was kind of here and there. Um, and moving between, you know, this project and and another very different role. And I just think, you know, the skill and the the nuances that he brought to that role um, just really helped to lift lift everything. I think about those those dynamics between all of the characters. You know, absolutely between um, Patience and David, but also between Lizzie and David. You know, Sarah Whitehouse, who plays Lizzie, is an mm -hmm. incredible actress. Yeah. Um, you know, she brings such such a kind of um, intelligence to the role of Lizzie and an emotional intelligence that I think mm -hmm. is, for me, is kind of a really interesting sort of weight to the story as well. I think, you know, the yeah. different representations of of femininity, of, of, of womanhood, um, and also just of, you know, human beings. It really is, um, you know, the female voice and the female experience was always going to be central to the story, but it mm -hmm. also is just about what is it like to be a person in, especially in a very isolated, um, you know, situation and, and the kind of um, the toxicity that explodes within that situation because, you know, that's very much fueled by the fact that they're so isolated from the rest of the world. And it's that, it, mm -hmm. you know, it feels like that kind of pressure cooker sense of in this very barren, bleak place, it's sort of like anything can happen. And, mm -hmm. um, and lots of things do, yeah. Lots happens. <laughs> what what yeah. was the what was your initial inspiration for kind of bringing this story together? Yeah, it was it was kind of a series of um, a few different things that kind of came into place. Really, I mean, it. I love that you guys, um, you know, were kind of mentioning the the way the landscape, even in the trailer, and the sense of the scale of the place um, where we shot the film, which is on the Lincolnshire coast, yeah. um, which is where I'm from. And it had always been a landscape that I, you know, my whole life I've kind of always felt very inspired by. And so I was very keen to write something set in that landscape. Um, and I'd started collaborating already with the director, Philip Stevens, who's also based in the same area. And, you know, we've got very similar kind of passions in terms of telling stories about the present through the lens of the past, which, you mm. know, was very much something we wanted to do with Lapwing. Um, and then, you know, evoking these incredible settings that, you know, are still so underrepresented on screen. And it just kind of felt mad that we've got these incredible bleak but but kind of beautiful um endless landscapes just sort of on our on our back door really so um mm. I knew very clearly that I wanted to set something there and I knew very clearly as well that I wanted it to be a, a period drama you know I've um I've always loved period drama and as I say there's 
something really exciting for me about using the metaphors of the past to enable us to kind of reflect on where we are today and to mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, ask the questions of, okay, how far have we come, but perhaps how far have we still got to go in terms mm. of some of these, you know, some of these issues that are really at the heart of Lapwing in terms of, um, you know, the oppression of oppression of anybody who's different, anything that kind of relates um, or amounts to a perception of otherness in some people's eyes. Um, and then the toxic masculinity as well. And the experience of trauma, you know, I think, and how damaging trauma and isolation can be um, yeah. to, you know, characters like David, who, yes, they are, you know, he is very much the antagonist of the piece. But, you know, as I was saying before about Emmett's performance, he brings a complexity to that role that I hope kind of allows us to unlock some of those more complex questions about, you know, what does it really mean to be um, an individual in, in, a, in, in a difficult situation and to make choices and to, you know, sometimes we make the right choices and sometimes we make the wrong choices. And, you know, David is a bit of a kind of lesson, as it were, in somebody who continually perhaps makes the wrong choices. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes think he thinks he's doing it for the right reasons. I think as well that's that's part of the the kind of interest for me about him is that, you know, he comes from such a, he's got such a skewed perspective on what is right. Um, and mm. he's so adamant in his own viewpoints and his own opinions that the, 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 the terrible actions that he sometimes takes come for, for him come from a place of complete necessity. Um, mm. So these were all kind of themes and issues that I was very interested to explore. And then one day I basically just got an image of a woman um, covered in blood um, in a kind of Tudor dress. And um, oh, basically, nice. thinking, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, why not? Like it's the cheery thing. For some you. <laughs> um, and I just, I just sort of knew from that point it was interesting I knew as well that it was going to be a story about sisters um mm -hmm. and you know the relationship between Patience and Lizzie was something that became more and more integral to the story um as you know then the journey really kind of began of developing it with Phil Stevens the director um it was initially going to be a short film um mm -hmm. but we actually kind of you know we started sort of pitching it and chatting to people about it and the reaction was very much oh, it sounds great, but like you can never do that on the budget of a short film. Um, and so I think we went, oh, okay, well, that's just made us even more determined to make it. And you know what? We're going to make it as a feature, not just a short film. <laughs> so yeah. that yeah. probably speaks How to the, uh, the madness of the <laughs> indie filmmaking industry. <laughs> yeah. how, how involved were you in the, the actual kind of filming process and everything? Obviously, you wrote the thing. Um, mm. But sometimes people just like, especially in the mainstream movie world, they, they write the movie, they sell it and they pass it on. Um, but I'm assuming you had a, a heavier hand in the, the making of this one. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's what's so wonderful about working with not just with Phil, the director, but with um, Justin and Andy, who are the other producers on the piece, that it really has been, Lapwing has been such a kind of team and ensemble effort right from the start. You know, the sort of collaboration between myself and Phil was really the thing that, you know, made us want to do Lapwing. You know, we knew we wanted to work together. We knew that actually the way that we both hoped our careers would move forward was to be writing stories together and to be creating worlds and characters together and going on that journey so 
yeah it was absolutely wonderful like you know uh, as as you say you know I work on a lot of other projects now as a writer um where it is a lot more that kind of stereotype of you know you sit at home and you do your writing and you have a certain Mm -hmm. amount of back and forth when you're kind of redrafting the script but then it really is a sort of handover and and your job is done um (laughs) And what was, you know, what was lovely about Lapwing was was being able to go onto set, um, you know, in the lead up, being part of some of the, you know, creative conversations that were happening, being able to go to location scouting. Um, yeah, just being involved with with all the different elements of the process. And and that continued into post-production as well. You know, there were there were conversations between myself and Phil um, and Alistair, the editor and um many other members of the creative team about you know kind of tricky creative decisions that we needed to make um because there were some tough choices to make once we got to the edit as well because we had a lot of footage um (laughs) but knew that we wanted it to come in at under 90 minutes so yeah that made that meant making some some changes and some compromises in terms of the story and what we kept and what we didn't keep and you know, it's just, it's kind of a writer's dream, really, to be able to still be involved with some of those conversations um, yeah. and not, you know, not have it done for you. It was it was just wonderful to be part of that. Yeah, it's your baby at the end of the day. So yeah. you kind of want to see it grow and nurtured and if the thing is going to be. Will there be a physical release of Lapwing? Because I was thinking there, were you saying there's so much footage, there's so much, obviously, special features that could go into something. Mm. I mean, do you think there, that that's a possibility that there'll be a, a release? interesting I mean yeah I mean I think it would you know it would be it'd be fantastic if some of that um you know some of that extra footage that's that's out there could be kind of available for people who want to see it and to have a watch um you know it's it's an interesting one because I guess really you know today's release day but it's kind of the start of the journey now it's just a different part of the journey and I think there's going to be a lot of you know other other avenues for us to explore in the kind of coming weeks and months um Mm -hmm. but yeah I mean at the moment the focus is kind of on um cinemas and on on demand um but also you know us getting the opportunity to go and do q a's at some of the cinemas you know we've done Mm -hmm. a couple already um we had our sort of world premiere at leeds international film festival which was great to you know just start to get to kind of meet audiences and start to you know really have those conversations about how people are responding to the film and and gauging what that response is going to be going forwards and you know, I think it's always it's always wonderful as a creative getting the opportunities to chat about your process and about you know what you wanted to achieve and why you wanted to. Um, so that I'm, re- I mean, I'm really enjoying that at the moment. We've got another one coming up in London on Sunday, which is, you know, I think going to be a really really nice opportunity to sort of dig deeper into some of the material that sits mm-hmm. in the background of the of the story and the characters. Yeah, do you actually do you have plans to travel up to Scotland by any chance? <laughs> I mean, I I I would love to. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we are we are actually live right now on a local cinema page as well. Uh, that's kind of what we do as well. We've had uh, the cast of Braveheart on stage and we've screened Braveheart and spoke to some of the cast members that so it's definitely up our alley so if there's ever any plans to come up to Scotland that's something we'd definitely love to work out you've got this big uh, cinema that basically it used to be a church so the the, just the feel of it it was an old church and now it's been converted into a 4k cinema with the best sound and a stage and many sofas it's like a home away from home I think perfect movie watching that would be amazing there yeah yeah especially I mean it sucks sometimes 
Yeah, we, we speak to Americans a lot of the time and we're like, oh, if only we could get you over here for a screening. <laughs> oh, but it's yeah. like so far away. Yeah. But so London's tricky. <laughs> no, well, we'll have to, yeah, we should definitely see what we can do. That would be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, when you wrote the script, did you have a, a specific cast in mind or did you just kind of have it, did you kind of picture them yourself uh, and just kind of go with the flow um, so that when you seen the cast, I mean, did you cast... Were you a part of the casting process yourself? I was, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting mixture, really, um, because actually I had worked, well, myself and Phil had worked with Hannah, who plays Patience, previously um, in the theatre, because my background is before I wrote Lapwing, which was my first, my kind of feature writing debut, mm -hmm. um, I was, you know, I was predominantly a playwright, um, and I'd started working with Phil um, in the world of theatre, and we'd both kind of collaborated with Hannah, who was in a couple of plays that I wrote that Phil directed um, and it was a really interesting one of kind of when I started writing Lapwing I, I knew it was Hannah like she was always in my mind um, mm. and there was this sort of moment sort of a few mm. weeks into me writing I think I was nearing having a first draft ready um, or you know it was kind of early days of the process um, and there was just this moment where me and Phil kind of both just went it's Hannah like it's it's gotta be Hannah um, mm. and then you know then it was just about kind of chatting to her and seeing if it was the sort of role that she'd be interested in the kind of you know I mean there's so many um unusual challenges I guess about the role of patients you know not least the fact that she's a non-verbal woman and you know the what that means but I mean Hannah's performance I think the way that she communicates emotion is just incredible I mean she's a she's an incredible performer across yeah. the board but you know filmically um and expressively she's just a wonderful wonderful patience um so yeah I always knew that it was her and I think Phil always had a really clear sense that it was her yeah. as well um and then a lot of the other cast were people that Phil had worked with before some of whom I'd worked with some of whom I knew and had seen their work and admired it um but the the kind of the two other key castings I guess really were Emmett and Sebastian D'Souza who plays Rumi mm -hmm. um and they were through yeah through a conversation that began with their agents um and they read the script and you know luckily kind of really really felt that the story spoke to them and that the characters you know they they felt that there was um a lot about the characters that they kind of wanted to to interpret themselves so mm -hmm. that was you know that was fantastic kind of getting them on board and I think really exciting for everybody you know kind of um because we were you know it's a it's a predominantly kind of local production you know working with a lot of locally based actors who are incredible but perhaps you know they hadn't necessarily got the profile at that stage that Emmett and Sebastian were working at so mm -hmm. it was brilliant to kind of be collaborating with them um and there's yeah there was something really interesting as well I know Phil was kind of saying recently we were talking about it and the fact that because Emmett was kind of coming in and he didn't know anybody whereas a lot of the rest of the team yeah. knew mm. each other had maybe worked together before there was a real sense of him being quite an unknown entity um which was perfect for David because he mm. you know it kind of increased that sense of tension um, and, and uncertainty between him and some of the other characters, um, you know, not just Lizzie and Patience, but also Lewis Gemmell, who plays um, mm -hmm. Jacob. Jacob. So it's, yeah, it was a really fascinating kind of process seeing the way that 
the casting then interacts with the the atmosphere on set and the way that that kind of enhances the feel of the piece overall was brilliant yeah there's always like a, a wee hierarchy and i think mm. what was perfectly done with this is the fact that you could see on the pyramid exactly where everybody fit and i think what the thing is with david he kind of assumed that patience was to be like his little like one thing and jacob even says it like he's mm. he's kind of and he's antagonized by her because she doesn't speak and there was just yeah. with everyone else i think david knew he had them where, where he wanted them but with her it was just like mm, and there was that kind of control thing it was it's not so much a battle for power but it's like he wanted to get in there and i don't think he knew if he could get in there and that's kind of where that for, for me that was kind of cool to see that we have a, a few comments here philip stevens the director himself says, I'm sure we can have a conversation about that. That sounds great. We should have a chat about that. Definitely. We will. We'll, yeah, we will get, get that wing up to Scotland. Definitely. Let's talk. And also, have... uh, mm -hmm. Philip, um, I'll just say just now, well done. My yes, friend. absolutely. <laughs> you, you made a good Philip's movie. A fantastic <laughs> Marek... director. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's been such a privilege to work with him. He's such a brilliant, nuanced director. It's, yeah, very, very yeah. talented man. It kept me, it kept me, we'll put it this way, when I was watching it, it kept me glued to the screen, and when it was finished, I thought about it for hours later. Oh, that's that really great to hear. One thing yeah. that I would say, just before we read out this comment, um, one <laughs> thing I would say was was that I actually, when I watched the film, kind of following on from watching the trailer, the film didn't feel the way I expected it to, based on the trailer. The, okay. the trailer, I thought, looked more like a, a love story with a little bit of the consequences mm. of that, whereas the film was... It felt mm -hmm. like a little bit of love story with a lot of the consequences. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting one, I think, isn't it? And I know that, um, you know, and Phil would certainly be able to talk about this a lot more than than myself as well, because he was so directly in kind of involved in in the the creative decisions that you, you make in terms of, you know, what material you use in a trailer. And it's mm -hmm. it's such an interesting one, isn't it? The kind of the way that you present a film to the world. And actually, I think sometimes that that if there is a slight difference, actually, I think that's quite nice because I think mm -hmm. there is that element of, you know, um, it, it, we were sort of talking a little bit before we came on air as well, weren't we, about, you know, mm. the fact that as as filmmakers, Phil and I were really interested in defying convention as well mm. and also defying assumptions. So kind of drawing on what audience expectations might be, but then taking things off in a different direction. And yes. I think actually that's something that, you know, was at the forefront of our minds and, you know, particularly with the creation of that trailer that very much leans into one aspect of the story without kind of giving too much away about where it goes. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's really it's but it's really interesting to hear you say that you know it it you felt that watching the trailer and then seeing the film that's fascinating mm -hmm. it kind of felt a little bit like a romeo and juliet kind of thing like the disapproving mm -hmm. i mean at this point we didn't know who yeah. it was we just knew there were salt farmers but then when you see yeah. it when you watch the movie it does it, it takes you in another direction which for me was good because it, it does take mm -hmm. away from that well we, we know this story we've never really well i've never seen a we've i've never watched a movie with the same story yeah. You know, there's elements of I mean, you can break down elements right. of the of the yeah. movie and talk about movies that have similarities, but realistically, like you mm -hmm. say, there every time you think you're following a road, you take another detour and it takes you somewhere else, which is good because we don't come across movies that are not quite formulaic in that sense. Uh, J Mac, mm -hmm. 
can you read this comment? Because I cannot pronounce that surname. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit right now that I can't I can't pronounce it either. But let's just say let's just say Marek Marek uh, has a comment. It says, it says do, you, do you believe that Hollywood movies predict the future? Do the films have any message? The bottom line: Do they get people used to certain events? Now, I think what he's saying is basically if you show people enough of something, will eventually that when when these things become reality does it make it easier to digest i think that's mm. what he's what that's, he's like, that's exactly what he's saying and that was a great way of breaking that down Mac. well thank that you very much very good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that yeah i mean i think that's i think it's so interesting i mean i think any creative endeavor has such an intimate relationship with what's going on in the world around it both in terms of what's happening at the present moment what has happened and you know the perception of what might be happening in the future as well um you know certainly for me I think what was really interesting about lapwing with that process was actually almost retrospectively realizing how um relevant or kind of resonant it was to today you know I was very much writing a period drama when I was immersed in the script and I was immersing myself in the fact that you know I wanted to make this world as authentic as possible and Phil and I were doing our research and we found um found out about the Egyptian law that was passed in 1555, um, mm -hmm. which was essentially the kind of the first sort of um, anti-immigration legislation that was passed in this country, um, which I just found, you know, I, I mean, firstly, I found it shocking that, you know, I didn't know about that already, that, and, you know, everyone that I spoke to about it, kind of this was brand new information. Mm -hmm. um, and so the story kind of unraveled from there, but it was, it was sort of only after I'd kind of emerged from the you know that kind of frenzy of writing a first draft and and me and Phil were talking more and more about it and and you know preparing notes and and changes for the second draft that we we both really realized um you know just how resonant it was of what we were experiencing at the time in terms of um where we were at with immigration and I think you know even more so now you know we're five years down the line from when I was writing the screenplay but if we look at the migrant crisis in this country now you know it's it's still so pertinent um mm -hmm. and so I think you know in terms of the relationship that that films and movies have with the past and the present and the future I think it's I think it's really symbiotic and I think it's it's always interrelated um i think we're as creatives we're influenced all the time by what's going on around us even when we don't realize it which was kind mm. of the thing that you know the the realization i guess that i had while writing lapwing was that i was i was tapping into things that i didn't even realize i was tapping into at the time mm. yeah yeah I mean, especially Those... isolation as well you wrote that before <laughs> covid yeah so to that so to, to Marek's question know. Yes, it's mad, isn't it? That, that, that yeah. became such a thing, and yeah, yeah, we can uh, we can all identify a little bit more perhaps than we could with that experience of isolation. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Just uh, on the, the note of that immigration policy, um, that mm. came up in 1555, mm. um, that was it was Queen Mary that, that yes. came up Bloody with this, Mary, they uh, called decree, her. yeah. Now, uh. the, the film is obviously it, it's very much um, coming from the, the women's point of view. Um, and it's, it's talking about toxic masculinity and the fact that David is literally the worst aspect of every not type just of man. David, 
Uh, and J- uh, Jacob in his in his own his own little Shh. sneaky way. Spoilers. <laughs> but, <laughs> <he, laughs> um, but obviously, like you would expect it to have been a king that came up with this. Mm. The fact the fact that it was a queen, it kind of it, uh. it, it skews it skews your perception of the movie a little bit. Um, mm. You know, like it was it was a, a woman that was in power at the time, and she was doing these horrible things. Kevin told me earlier on about something that Queen Mary was was up to at the time as well, and it just makes oh, yeah. you think, wow. We're all capable of doing some horrible shit. Thing is, oh, one thing, absolutely. one thing, right, which still stands true, right, and always has throughout humanity, right. The same as I kind of liken it to The Walking Dead, and it's very present in Lapwing as well, right. So, in The Walking Dead, you've got a zombie outburst, and yet people no. still Outbreak. fight each other. Oh, they're still bursting it, right? An outburst. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, there is a, there is a big a big issue. Yet over here, the hum like the human aspect is still, still fight, fight each other and screw each yeah. other over. So in Lapwing, yeah. they're going through this really horrible time to the point where there's people coming seeking help and they're like, you know, get away from us. You can stay mm. over there. They're treating them like vermin, right? Mm. When realistically, if we all just come together, right, we all just love one another and just get on with life and be accountable for ourselves, life would be so much better. And it's, it's, it seems so simple that it's just so hard to achieve, right? And because it's so, I think it's, yeah, it's so, I mean, you know, yeah, without, then. without wishing <laughs> to get kind of, yeah, deep, like, you know, deeply political, but I think that's, yeah. you know, that's exactly what happens in these situations that, you know, it, people look to divide each other Mm -hmm. so because you know if you you divide and you conquer don't you whereas if Mm -hmm. everyone kind of gets together and goes well hang on yes we're being told to hate these people over here but actually if we were to you know get together with these people we've probably got a lot more in common than we realize and we could learn you know we could conquer our common foe if we were able to do that um and yeah and learn from each other as you say um but i think yeah there's something so kind of deeply divisive that that happens in these in these kind of situations especially when such legislations are passed from you know from the from above um Mm -hmm. that yeah that's very much something that i think you know was was interesting to explore within these these communities that that are at the heart of lapwing um and the the tensions that exist between them and and you know all of the kind of the paranoia and the uncertainty on both sides as well you know both sides are equally cautious of each other Mm. without maybe really knowing why and really not really understanding whether they're foes to each other but they've been sort of told that they are and Mm -hmm. and that's you know that's enough sometimes isn't it to escalate yeah yeah when you think about it right as a child so if you've got a child that can walk and talk and understand things right as a child if i'm if 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 an adult was to come up and say to the child right there's going to be a group of kids in here later but you're not allowed to like the ones that don't live near you or Mm. are this or look the same as you or are the same color as you right the child would be like that's stupid yeah and that's the most innocent of being of beings like that's so stupid don't like them because of this when realistically Mm. like an action is what makes a child not like you. It's the action mm. of the individual, right? Not the 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 not circumstance. Yeah. So it's, uh, I like that it's very very present in Lapwing. That any and another thing as well. Uh, there was a part where the one of the characters was saying, you know, like, she's like, just leave, and he's like, no, we can't just mm. leave. And I thought that will serve great to anybody that ever goes through that kind of abuse from yes. any kind of partner or whatever. 
because when you're watching it on screen you're you're kind of taking yourself out of the box and you know what's right and wrong you can mm. put the puzzle pieces together you can see it as a whole and i think movies like lapwing are great for kind of holding a mirror up to society and giving a bit of perspective that someone that may be going through that kind of stuff may watch lapwing and say i can relate to this character and what she's going through isn't yeah. great so what i'm going through isn't great so maybe you know i think things like that thank i mean I, I totally believe that that that's kind of true to that yeah I read... thank you so much for highlighting that <laughs> no no definitely i read quite a few of the the uh, reviews that have come out the uh, yeah. review articles that have come out about the movie and and one of them in particular was mentioned the word that it used over and over again was bleak the film is bleak <laughs> it's bleak it's bleak but then at the, at the same time it's it's inspirational now that's yeah. it's <sighs> It must have been. I mean, was that an intentional thing, like to 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 make it really, really tough, and then just kind of bring it all together at a moment where you just kind of put your fist in the air? I, I absolutely. I you know I think again, it's all about the contrasts, and it's all about that moment of finding resilience and finding a sense of empowerment and finding a sense of agency has to feel utterly earned as well and you know because of the the complexity of the themes that the piece was dealing with you know we were just just saying a little bit there about the effects of emotional abuse and and physical abuse and coercive control you know they are they are not easy situations to be in and they are very much not easy situations to emerge from for anybody who's experienced them or has has known anyone who's experienced them i think everyone you know who has who's been whose lives have been touched by that experience will really you know empathize with the difficulty of that and so it felt it felt entirely necessary that this was not an easy film in terms of both the story and what the characters experience that couldn't be easy for the characters but it also couldn't be easy for the audience you know in terms of it's I, I, I'm, sh you know, it's it's a hard watch. Um, there are moments of, you know, some some real brutality that felt utterly necessary to the authenticity of the story, and I think just paying respect to people who have been through such experiences. Um, and I think again, you know, that's something where Hannah and Emmett in particular, you know, and Sarah as Lizzie, their performances just really do. Um, really do kind of lean into the emotional complexity of those times and you know that's not an easy thing for an actor to do to go to those mm -hmm. really difficult places um mm -hmm. and to have to feel and and show those things um but i think they do it in in a way that feels very truthful and i think hopefully enables us to really go on that journey with those characters so i mean hopefully as you say as we we do kind of get to the end and you know without wishing to drop too many spoilers but there is that there is that sense of of something coming out of this it's not mm -hmm. just a it is bleak but the bleakness is there in order to serve a story of um you know a coming of age story and a, and a story of resurgence as well from the mm -hmm. kind of ashes of of something terrible and being able to you know the visual and the emotional metaphor of kind of looking out to a new horizon is yeah. is at the heart of the piece really it absolutely yeah. is and before we let you go laura you've made lapwing uh, we've loved it everybody that watches it's going to love it what do you see <laughs> next is there is there another 
as a topic? Is there something else? Do you want to go a completely different route? What as a writer, what what can we expect from you next? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely an exciting time now um, because Phil and I are working on our next um, feature collaboration, which mm-hmm. is going to be dealing with some similar themes. So again, you know, the in the same way, the the correlation really between female experience and um, kind of toxic masculinity is once again going to be something that we very much lean into with this new piece um but we're going for a modern setting this time which is going to be exciting um Mm. but one that's going to be really rich with rich with the past really and with um mythology and folklore so we're actually going to be doing a folk horror which is yeah really exciting yeah (laughs) it's going to be a lot of fun um and i think you know we're we're really excited both you know creatively for the story and the characters but also for the kind of maybe the more technical challenges of you know the a folk horror you know a slightly bigger budget you know looking Mm -hmm. to make those next steps in terms of our careers and you know where we want to be within the industry so it's uh yeah it's a really exciting time but it feels like I think you know it's 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 taken a bit of time to sort of decide on the right project that's going to come next, but yeah. it really feels like we found it now, so it's exciting. That's amazing. You, you, you mentioned budget there for a second again, just before yeah. you go. What was the budget for lap, uh, Lapwing? Oh my god! Oh no! I'm gonna I'm gonna get caught out on a question right at the end. Um, Phil, quick! If you're in the comments, help me. <laughs> um, Excuse me. I mean, we had so we had a tiny, tiny budget budget in terms of getting into the shoot itself. Um, I think again, Phil will correct me if I'm wrong, but we went into the shoot with around um 30k shooting budget, so it was it was tiny. Um, oh. I think the I think the film overall is coming in at around around 100 to 120k so um yeah. obviously still you know still super low budget especially for a period feature um yeah. but it's uh yeah we're certainly looking to kind of you know do a few more things and um push a few more boundaries with the folk horror and and really lean into hopefully being able to do some pretty cool things That's with cool. with that genre yeah. as well it was oh, the you... first thing the first thing that went through my head was like i knew this was a low budget production almost a micro budget yeah it's, yeah it's a period piece and as soon as you go period you're adding money straight away yeah. You, yeah. You cost, you're costuming you need to make sure you're 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 getting locations that are just going to be mm. completely unaffected yeah. by modern society and stuff like that it just adds money 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 so it's impressive that you managed to do it on that on that kind Absolutely. of budget yeah no I think it was again and that's testament you know to some of the incredible creatives that we worked with I mean we, we worked with an amazing historical costumier who's Pauline Lovin who was just incredible mm, um but also you know we were mm-hmm. so yeah she did an amazing job um but we were so blessed as well with the with the landscape as I said before you know yeah. it really is so you can go to the Lincolnshire coast where we filmed and you could be at you could be at any time there is mm-hmm. nothing to kind of indicate that it's 2021 or 1555 so yeah. um apart from the occasional dog walker and planes going over <laughs> that was about it I yeah. don't think about that <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> yeah. really that's amazing was. You, yourself and philip are a dream team so we'll definitely be following everything you guys do next and um, really looking forward to your next project especially that it's a horror um yeah it's been, been an absolute blast having you on uh we've really enjoyed watching lapwing we're going to definitely 
keep our audience on the ball guys if you're watching at home and if you're listening to us in the archives on spotify wherever go to sky movies go to amazon prime go ahead and check out apple tv everywhere you can get it lapwing you need to go and check out we are telling you to go and watch it we've never sold you guys a bad movie yet so do it (laughs) support this like you support every other one and let's help keep independent movies alive because that's where the real art comes it's not all that cgi super stuff (laughs) that's been amazing (laughs) <laughs> thanks again Laura for your time it's been an absolute you. pleasure and uh, we hope to speak pleasure. to you again soon All right. yeah fantastic thanks guys that's thanks, thanks again Laura have a great bye. night bye uh, that was amazing that was amazing um, how often do you get to speak to someone that wrote not only just a movie or created <laughs> a movie but like a movie like Lapwing uh, really enjoyed it for everybody watching at home make sure you check it out uh, I know people are like oh, I've got Netflix and it's no there and I pay this already it's worth the money. Rent it. Go and see it. Yeah, um, you used it. to do it. You used to do it when there's DVD shops down the street. Go ahead and do it. Uh, and if you dislike it, J Mac will give you back all the money you spent on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then Kevin will come in your house, chap on the door, and take it back off you again. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> but, uh, you, need, you need to go ahead and check out Lapwing. It's uh, brilliant. Uh, we got another comment there, Philip Stevens. Uh, no, clap to you guys, J Mac. Yeah, clap. absolutely. And Philip, please, please get in touch um, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we'd love to speak to you if we can get the chance. Uh, mm-hmm. So send us an email, uh, jibberjabberscotland.gmail.com. Uh, and we'll be happy to chat and yeah. get you on and we can certainly speak about the, the cinema thing. absolutely absolutely it'd be pretty cool to do this live uh, with a nice wee set and we've got all the, the bits and bobs we need to make that happen and I know the guys that are watching are very local to where we are so it won't be hard to fill that up especially if somebody's already seen Lapwing uh, but I'm really looking forward to what those guys do next uh, it, was re- it was real fun uh, yeah. real fun like it was <laughs> fun to watch because I was invested I was invested I was invested in it uh, which is something you don't get all the time uh, but thanks again guys I don't know it's Friday night and everybody's out now that they can be out uh, for tuning in and we will see for you now. next yeah exactly we will get see you guys next week where i'm gonna go ahead and see if gary smart is gonna come back on because we have dark ditties to talk about anybody that's not seen dark ditties check out dark ditties it's uh, on amazon prime absolutely amazing uh just as leaving uh, phillips steven says love to guys well that's a conversation we're gonna have let's chat for this evening i have been kev as always j mac i have been me also enjoy the rest of your night guys and we look forward that to seeing the, the ugliest next one. face i've ever made do you see that Go do it, do it again, do it again, do it again. <laughs> Get your screenshots, lads. See Matthew Man, I'll be on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Love guys, take it easy. Bye bye. Lapwing, check it out. Oh, I've not even got anything today. Sorry. See you next week.